Dear Lord, I just thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing right now. You're so good to us, Lord. And right now, Father, in this moment, this very second, Father, we stand in awe of you. Greetings, greetings from the Upper Room Studios. Yes, this is Devin Harris of Full Circle Refuge. And thanks also to Mike Shelton of that great bump of music of awe of you. It's such exciting sound every time I hear it. And it is what we are all about. Yes, you are listening to Who Am I? Identity Crisis of Youth Today. This podcast is a collection of articles, comments, ideas with lots of truth to share with others that are really interested in to see real change in our youth today. Yes, again, this is Devin. Hey, we're back in the seat again, and we got an interesting topic, interesting podcast tonight. You don't want to turn this off. You need to share it with everybody you know. Hey, the key verse for this evening will be out of Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 10. It states here, My son, if sinners lure you, do not go along. If they say, come with us, let's set an ambush to kill someone. Let's hide to ambush innocent people for fun. We'll swallow them alive like the grave, like those in good health who go into the pit. We'll find all kinds of valuable possessions. We'll fill our homes with stolen goods. Join us. We'll split the loot equally. My son, do not follow them into their way. Do not let them or even set foot on their path because they're, they rush to do evil in hurry to shed blood at verse 16. Tonight, it is going along with the book of Proverbs. We have an interesting interview that I captured at one of our presentations at a local church of one of our reform gang members, Chad. You cannot miss this. This has never been done before, as far as I know, of a high-ranking gang member, reform now, in the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior now and following the Lord and discipling others. you got to hear this. Here we go. I won't say much more, but I am going to chime in to confirm some things of his message. Listen up. Um, Chad's my brother in Christ. All right. Um, you know, he's, he's tatted from head to toe. I don't want to be like some kind of trophy. <laughs> he's tatted from head to toe. You know, but um, Chad, I, I met Chad about a year ago. And he was actually looking for help from somebody else. And he's very intimidating when we first met, you can see. He's very intimidating. And we sat down and hear his, heard his story, you know, and um, about his lifestyle and where he came from. But he wanted something better, something different in his life. So, Chad, tell him a little bit about where you came from and that, you know, and that, that time and how we kind of connected up uh, there. 
First off, I want to say thank you to Mr. Harris and the whole Full thank Circle you, Group, my wife Savannah. They have been big supporters. Um, I've been going through a, let's see, about the end of 2012, um, I was sitting in a jail cell and um, something struck me. I wanted something new out of life. I wanted something better. I was tired of living the way I was living. Um, ever since I was 13 years old, and I'm 30 now, um, I'll be 31 this year. I've been involved in the gang basically. Um, and I got involved with them when I was 13 years old. Uh, lived a criminal lifestyle, selling drugs, shooting. Um, I've been shot numerous times. Um, was in the hospital seven months. I learned how to walk again. You know, uh, missing half my side. You know, because I, you know, I met up with him. You know, we started dialoguing. We started talking. And as we started talking, I noticed there was something there that I yearned for my whole life that I never had. And it was like a father figure. Somebody with guidance that would guide me. And here I am, 20-some years old, and feeling like the stranger to me is a father. You know, and uh, Devin made a good point earlier where he said, you know, like this gang stuff, has got every year it multiplies. You know, and they, they're talking about lock them up, lock them up, lock them up. And that's not the key. When you lock somebody up, they come out a worse criminal than they ever was before. You know, and all it is, you know, that kids that's involved in gangs, they're not... They do dangerous things, but it's because of the, the stuff that they have to go through when you first involved with a gang. You know, I had older people in their 20s and in their 30s when I was 13 years old that would bring me in, brought me in off the streets, clothed me, you know, uh, gave me stuff to do the far as to make money. It was illegal. But to me at that time, I'm like, my dad never did this. My dad never, you know what I'm saying, when I was on the streets. He said to hate with me, you know, he was in and out of prison my whole life. You know, I never had that father figure there. And, you know, that's the kids these days and the men that's in prison for life and, you know, for killing people or, or armed robbers and stuff that's involved in the gang. Even though they do bad things, they're not bad people. You know, they was just brainwashed at a young age because they didn't have men to step up and be a father figure. So I hope you're enjoying this thus far as you've seen the introduction of Chad you know, think about it. He said around 13 years old is when all this started to happen in his life. You know, even biblically, it states that a boy becomes a man around the age of 12. Physically, they change, and mentally, they start looking at different things in life. In our culture today, especially in our single parenting families or a mom trying to raise a family or raise a son, that young man, when them growth spurts start to happen, you know how they go, and we start looking at mom eye to eye and we think we're a man they state that so they they have identity crisis they're trying to find that and if they don't somebody will teach them who a man is in a, a warped way and that's why the gang mentality works so well in our culture today um, there's no father you know and you can see that chad stated that this this started to challenge him when he became a dad that this was not right that he was doing and basically what he's looking for and these young men are looking for is a true rites of passage to give them a sense of worth sense of belonging to who they are their identity like we've been stating for the last couple of years a true identity in their life you know and that's why Devin made a good point you know it starts in the churches if every man if one person if he steps out and he does something with a gang member or a troubled youth or a troubled young and he pulls him away from that then the next man will see it, and the next man will see it. And before you know it, we got a whole slew of men coming together, pulling these kids away from this lifestyle before it's too late. 
And I'm going to let you know it's stressful. I'll probably aggravate Devin. <laughs> He's probably he never been so aggravated in his life, maybe because it seems like every 30 minutes or every hour I'm texting him, I'm calling him. Hey, man, I just heard this on, on the TV. Uh, about God, what's this mean? Oh, my grandma just told me this, but I thought it meant this. What's this mean? You know, and I never, I never really felt comfortable going into churches. Um, I watch them a lot on TV. You know, I, I watch it from my home because a lot of times when I walk into a church, people look at me, they frown on me because of the way I look and stuff, you know, and I just, I get a lot of bad vibes from churches that I've been through in the past. So I decided, you know, I just sit at home and I watch church every Sunday from my home, you know, me and my wife sit down and we watch it. But I mean, it just takes, it takes a man, you know, to step up and, and to be there for a young man to pull him, you know, pull him out of that lifestyle because I mean, it was, and for me now it's difficult. You know, I had me and my wife, we just went through a tragedy. Um, this year has been a real bad year for us. Um, we had a newborn son that passed away to see it's in January. Um, so we've been, you know, we've been dealing with that struggle and at the time, you know, I, I was doing such good things in the communities. I've been riding around with Devin. We're going to these schools. We talk to these kids. I tell the kids my life story. Um, and, you know, just the look on some of these kids' faces. You know, I wish I could just multiply myself by a thousand and be there for every, each and, you know, every kid. Because when we go to these schools, I feel bad because we go, we talk to them, we do our presentation, we let them know the right and the wrong. They bring me up because, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm an ex-game member and live in the flesh to tell my story and tell what I've been through, but then we leave, you know, and it's it's up to counselors and teachers and stuff like that to do follow-ups on them because nine times out of 10, the kids are there because no father in the home. Most gang members come from fatherless homes. And, you know, I got two other kids. I got a four-year-old and a five-year-old, you know, and I have really stepped up in the past year or so. I, I I wasn't there for my youngest like I should have been. You know, I was there, but I wasn't there. Like, I'd give, I'd give their mom money for them, you know, and I'd drop by, and like, here's $100, here's $200, and then I'd hug them when I'd go. You know, but I realized that type of lifestyle, nine times out of ten, it was going to end up being the same way that I was, you know, and I, I didn't want that for my kids because I, I can say I'm lucky to be alive to this day, you know, and have people that's got my back, like like Devin and, and you know, his team, you know, and, and like I say, it's it's – don't be a struggle, but we need men to come together and to get out in these communities and to help these kids, you know, and, and let people, let them know that there is somebody that cares for them. You know, you might not be their father, but in their eyes, you know, I look at Devin like my dad, you know, and me and Devin's probably not too far in difference in age, you know, but to me, he's like a father figure to me. I look up to him royally. So as we continue to listen to this great message by Chad, uh, basically stating to us and uh, speak to our church community, he's speaking about the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Um, really, probably doesn't even know where it's at located in the Bible, but he's speaking to us that we've memorized it and uh, we've preached about it, we've celebrated about it, but have we put <laughs> feet to it? Have we taken action? Remember what it says in Romans 10, how beautiful our feet are. But uh, as we see the culture today, and uh, we can frown about what we see in the local news with the drive-by media, and we state the world's just going all to hell. But what are we being, or what are we doing to be light and be salt um, into the culture? Um, from my point of view, not much lately, um, as I've seen. 
But, you know, Chad is not sugarcoating it. He's stinking mission-minded. Um, this is real church work. Pastor, I just state, wh- what are we doing on Sunday? You know, as he states about his fathers and what I'm encouraged by what he said about me being a, a dad to him. And the, the key is there's in the, our juvenile justice system, 95% of the young men and young ladies, 95% do not have a father in their life. And watch this, the stretch, if they continue to go on, most likely um, they will go to DOC, Department of Corrections, prison, the penal system. 85% of men and women that are in lockup in our adult penal system in the United States, 85 do not have a father in their life. These statistics are not real good, church. We're not doing our job. You know, and I had I had got on depression medicine and all when I lost my son because um, I, I was dealing with the, the spiritual realm as far as, you know, trying to transfer to a gang member and a lifestyle that I was used to for 15 years, trying to switch from that to being a believer in Christ. And I didn't know there was that much involved. I thought it was just going to be, you know, I get on my knees, I pray, I ask God for forgiveness, I'm going to be healed, everything's going to be fine. I didn't know all, you know, and it's, it's been real, it's been a struggle for me. I mean, every day, I, from the time I wake up to the time I go to sleep, my mind's just roaming, roaming, roaming. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? You know, just trying to be this perfect person. And it was slowly tearing me up inside, you know. And Again, as we listen to Chad, um, He's basically talking about a discipleship, somebody coming alongside and restoring a brother. It, it doesn't matter what he looks like. You know, we go into some of our establishments sometimes in restaurants, um, into church. First initial process is people stare. I'm being real. I, I know you couldn't help it. You can't help it if you stare. Um, but some people frown and think it's sad. But they don't know what's happening inside this brother's heart and what's happening in his life. He's being a light and salt to a culture that we can never, never reach. Remember, that's what Paul did in the Bible. He went to selected churches and encouraged them and, and lifted them up, edified them, um, you know, challenged them, Lord. Uh, challenged them. Yes, Lord, that's right. Challenged them to uh, be encouraged and to keep going forward. And everything was looking good. Then I lost my son, and I hit rock bottom. But Devin and them was there to lift me up, you know. And that that brought me. It almost steered me away from God because I'm like, I'm doing such good, and I, and I'm, I'm I'm wanting to be a part of, you know, I want to be a part of ministry. I want to be a part of God. I want, you know, everything I do, every move I make in life, I want it to be through God. You know, I want Him to to guide my every way. And then my son gets taken from me. I, I couldn't understand that, you know. And like I said, about tore me apart. And you know, almost it almost caused me to lose my wife and lose my whole, lose my family, my other two kids. It about drove me insane. You know, I almost went insane. And I lost contact with Devin and them kind of for a while. And when I was back in that lifestyle. I realized that this is filth, man. This, this is not what I want, you know. So I made that big step and I come back home. I called Devin right there on the spot and forgot about everything that you know that I've been going through and that I did that that don't mean nothing to him you know I mean it does but it's just you know we swept it under the rug that was then this is now let's move forward you know so but you know well this is not all pretty 
You know, it's not the great numbers, the great testimony. It's uh, setbacks, um, fallbacks, um, you know, falling back into the miry pit. But uh, this takes a lot of prayer. Uh, the Holy Spirit uh, working through. That means that you're praying for a brother when they struggle, when they're down. Um, so they can be restored back to where they belong as a relationship. So they can continue to receive the blessings that God has promised them already. You know, I, I always look at this. I've been in this business for 20 years and um, I'm not God. I sleep good at night and I don't try to be him because when I try to be him, it, I screw it all up. You know, so we as the Western Hemisphere of church got to learn this. I know right now the popular movie is God's not dead, but, you know, we'll state that. But uh, when we get to a struggle, we act like, we assume like, we, we operate, we make decisions like he is dead. But listen to this brother, his struggle that most of us have never been through and uh, we've never seen before in our lives. I want to say don't be scared of these men. Don't walk up to a group of gang members and say, you know, it's nothing like that. But if you, if, a, if, if, if somebody like me was to walk into a church or, or walk up to you and ask you for help or something like that, you know, reach out to that person because you, mm. you can really, really change their life. I never thought in a million years I would be standing up here in a church in front of a room full of men, you know, giving my testimony and giving my story. You know, I never thought in a million years this would be me, you know, and, and the good Lord's keeping me alive. I got from the, the guys that, that I used to run with. Um, I got a couple of friends down in Florida, North Carolina, Tennessee, and stuff like that. A lot of people I roll with on a day-to-day basis. But they got wind of what I'm doing. You know, they like, because I had a little under 100, 100 men up under me, you know, that did what I said do when I said do it, you know. Uh, I was a real uh, feared, feared man in my community. You know, everybody's like, the boy's dangerous, stay away from him. You know, and now... When I'm out in the community and stuff, you know, it's still it's still like that. A lot of people see me out in the community. The first thing, you know, they grab me in the wallet, thinking I'm gonna rob them, or you know, and I'm nothing like that. You know, I sit here and watch sad movies with my with my girlfriend. And cry. You know, so we watched we watch the movie. Uh, we watching the Notebook uh, a couple days ago. Me because I mean I was the type of person I could see a kid get ran over in the middle of the street, and I would just walk by him and laugh. You know, that's, a, that's the type of person I was. But God has did so much in my life. And, you know, it hurts me so bad to see all these other kids out here struggling and going through the same thing that I went through. And I know the key. I know I know what can change their life around. But a lot of people are just scared to, to step out there because I don't know if they think it's a waste of time or, or what they think. You know, but that is the key to turning society around to, you know, back in the older days when, it, when there wasn't all this all this crime going on and these young kids, 13, 14, 15 years old, I heard killing people. You know, it's not their fault. It's just because their dads wasn't there or, you know, something. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm encouraging y'all to, to step out and, and save, you know, save a kid from having to, to go through the things that I went through and some of the things that I've seen, you know, and they kind of do it. Like I've noticed Christianity in the game world, it's weird how they have so much in common. You know, I mean, Christianity's all positive, all good. The gang world's not. But the way they brainwash kids and, you know, a lot of our stuff that, a lot of our knowledge that come from the gangs, a lot of it come out of the Bible. They just take it, put a little flip to it, make it sound good. And and I was, 
I believe that, you know, like 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 a you know, a Christian, a Christian's gonna die for what they believe, knowing that one day they're gonna go to heaven, you know. And with me in that gang world, I was brainwashed to the point to where I would die for a stupid color. You know, our colors was black. And if somebody disrespected that color, I was willing to put my life on the line. I did it numerous times, got bullet holes and stab wounds to prove it over a, a stupid color, but it was something that I believed in. And I believe that when I died, I died for the right cause, and I was going to go to heaven. What I what I was doing was right, and what y'all was doing was wrong, you know. And I just they got me at a young age, you know, a little just a little bit older than this little guy here, and they brainwashed me, you know. And it's a dangerous world, and it's you know they they're trying to lock them up, lock them up. But for every gang member that you lock up, two hundred more get put down that instant, you know. It's, they'll never get them off the street trying to lock them up. We actually met with the senator uh, last year. And um, we was trying not to get for them not to pass a law to where if when they lock a kid up if they're affiliated with a gang they're gonna tackle them more time just for an affiliation, you know. And we tried to try to talk to them. I, I I even was up there in my suit, you know, looking nice, tattoos all over my face, sitting there. With, I don't think I never thought I'd do be sitting there in the Capitol building, you know. But that to me, I, and I got the picture. You know, I took a picture with the yeah, senator, and I look at that picture every day because. That's just a milestone for me that, 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 that keeps moving me forward, you know. And I know if I can do it, if I can make a difference, all these other gang members and all these other kids <laughs> just going through the same thing, you know, can make a difference. And Devin's program with Full Circle, um, I can't get involved in everything they do because I'm not allowed in a lot of, of the prisons and stuff like that. So that kind of holds me back, which I'm working on trying to get me a pardon now to get clean record and all so I can do that. Because this is this is a dream for me, you know. My my dream was snatched as a child, you know. My hopes and dreams was they were snatched, you know. And I finally got a chance to to do something I like, and that's mentoring kids, you know, and, and getting involved with with you know some of the things, man. We go in there and we we talk to these kids, and, and some of the kids come up to me and just just hug my neck and, and break down, you know. And I feel I feel all their pain. It, it's I think. I don't want to say I picked a bad time to get close to God, but I know once you once you get in that lifestyle and then you try to get close to God, the devil tries everything he can do to get at you and pull, pull, pull. And with with the devil trying to jump in between, you know, jump in between me and the Lord and everything else that I'm going through, at the same time, it's just I'm, I'm mentally sometimes just want to shut down. You know, I have to just distance myself and just pray, Lord, give me the strength to to move on. You know, so I. Other than my mom, and she's she's just now becoming a part of my life these past few years. Nobody's ever been there for me but the game, you know. Everybody that taught me all this wrong, 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 they was the ones that got me off the street, that clothed me, that fed me, you know. But now they're the ones that want to kill me because I'm out here in the community. I got a death threat sent to my house. He said, Chad, I, I'm just relaying a message. And I was like, first off, how would you know where I live at? They found me. And he said, they said, for you to lead or get led. And what they mean was for me to come back and, and lead, because I, I was I was a powerful leader, you know, uh, and for me to lead, or they was going to pump me full of lead. They was going to shoot me and kill me. They said, we know where you live at. We know where your family stays. We know where your kids stay. So either you can come back. We'll give you a chance to come back. Or we're coming for you. If we have to destroy your whole family to get to you, we will, you know. I didn't pack up and leave, you know. 
Devin wanted me to come to Georgia. And God, nah, I'm not running. This is my home, you know. And I, I got I got faith in the Lord that He's gonna He's gonna protect me and He's gonna protect my family. And thank God nothing has happened. I had a run in with some of the guys uh, a couple weeks ago. They seen me. We kind of looked at each other and stares. That could have been me right there, but they didn't. They didn't make a move. I don't know if God had planted something in their heart to to not do it, you know. And a lot of the guys want to follow me. A lot of the guys that sitting here making these death threats, deep down inside, they want they want the same thing that I want. They want the same thing that I got right now, which is a peace with myself. But they're just not man enough to step up to the plate and say, "Hey, you know, this is what I want. This is what I'm gonna do." But if they would, I'd, I'd coach them along. You know, and I, I'd help them and, and show them and give them the tools that I had, you know, to to better themselves. And but if y'all can get out there in the communities, if somebody comes to you with a problem or if there's some troubled youth, please just reach out and, and speak with them. Just follow up with them, check up on them, see how they're doing. Because the small things like that, and, and us as men, we don't really realize it. You know, I do because. I know what I yearned for when I was in a gang, the same thing everybody else yearns for, that father figure, that guidance, and that direction. But if everybody steps out as a church and comes together and surrounds that one person or them two people with love and, and affection and let them know this is the right way, we got your back, brother. You know, it's going to be stressful, it's going to be hard, it's going to be rough. But if y'all come together, I'm telling you, y'all see a big change in, in a lot of kids, and, and you never know. Maybe this time next year or two years from now, we're going to knock the gang rate way, way down, you know, and, and save a lot of lives. So I appreciate y'all's time. And like I say, I appreciate y'all's prayers and, you know, and just pray that I, I can stay strong and, and me and my wife can stay strong and, and, and beat this battle that we're going through. And, you know, just step up and, you know, even even though it ain't your son or your young, step out and, and reach out to them kids and, and let them know that, that there is a better way. So I hope this has been real to you and a blessing and an encouragement and a reality check that God is still on the throne. He's still into the miracle business of changing lives, transformation, changing the way they think and act. Your salvation is still relevant to today. It's still hope for your neighbor is still hope for your brother, your sister, that's living in sin. But I want you to pray for Chad, please. Pray for him, protection, Ephesians 6 armor around his life in Savannah. Pray for his neighborhood to be the light and salt. There's many of these young minds out there that we're trying to reach. I want you to pray, please pray for him to move as we try to move him to full-time staff to champion a calling in ministry. It's going to be a task, but we're ready to move forward. Some of the things we're exploring in the next quarter and what we're trying to move forward with and we do need your prayers with, as a matter of fact, this Thursday, April 10th, we will start our first urban church plant in the South Carolina area because we see there's a need. There's so many unchurched that will not step in, but we're going to go to them is the gospel has asked us to. God has asked us to do, to take the gospel to them, to go into the miry pits, the downtrodden, to reach the lost. So we're asking for you to support us in prayer and if possible financially. Uh, this does take funds to do what we do, to go, to put the gas in the car, 
um, to put that material in front of them, to have that burger with them, just to sit and listen and pray for them. So you can check us out on the website at fullcirclerefuge.org. There's a button there you can hit for donation. Or if you would like to support us as a volunteer, or would you like to come and assist in anything you can, it would be a great help to us. Again, I thank you for listening to this message today. Please spread the word. Please share this with others. Let's go viral with this. Hey, it's only of God if it does, but I know it will fall on listening ears, not deaf ears. I do pray that what we put out today would not come back void, but be challenging to the mind, the heart, and even the marrows of the bone. As I always say, thank you for listening. Thank you for your time for listening. Now, hope you put feet to these words and go serve your king. I'm out. Peace. Chill. Speaking life of a beast to get the nation healed. Yeah.